0: Okay, we're live. How you doing? Welcome to the John Riley Project. It is Tuesday, September 27th. It's a little bit past seven o'clock. I'm really happy to be back with you. It's been a number of weeks since I've had a podcast episode. And we'll get into all of that. I've got I got a bunch of stuff on the docket tonight. So topics on the table. We're going to talk about the Poway election situation. You know, I'm, I'm always kind of following a lot of the candidates. So I'll share some of my thoughts and comments on the latest news with the Poway election cycle. We're going to talk a bit about the Rancho Bernardo cannabis or marijuana dispensary that's being discussed here like just a few miles away from my my home here in Rancho Bernardo. There's a lot of controversy around this proposed marijuana cannabis dispensary. We're going to break that down. I've got thoughts and opinions. And then finally, um, you know, like I told you, I've been gone for a few weeks Part of it was because we were on vacation in Canada and then my wife got COVID and I got sick and it was just a lot of crazy stuff. So I want to just share with you some highlights from the trip to Canada because we saw a lot of really cool things and I just enjoy sharing some of my, my thoughts with you. So that's the plan. You know, we're live streaming on both Facebook and on YouTube. So that means that you can get involved. All you got to do is type in your questions and comments on Facebook or on YouTube. I'll see them right here on my screen. I'll read your questions and comments in the air. If I'm, if I'm paying attention, I'll click on the link so y- your picture and the text will be displayed. Uh, so I like to have a little fun with that. So that's your opportunity to get involved in the podcast. So that's our game plan today. We're going to go Poway, Election Update, the Rancho Bernardo Marijuana Dispensary, and my Canada Trip, wow! So, uh, so thanks again for joining us and being involved on the live stream. So let's let's just quickly talk about the election update. So, you know, I started this podcast in 2018 and had a lot of success interviewing candidates that were running for city council in Poway, for mayor in Poway, for school board here in Poway Unified, and in 2020, we, you know, first of all, in 2018, we interviewed about two thirds of the candidates. It was great. It was what a wonderful way to kick off this podcast. Then in 2020, we interviewed more candidates, but it was COVID and it was remote and it was Zoom and it just was a little awkward. Well, I'm doing more of that again, this election cycle. I'm not as focused on it as I have been on the previous cycles, but still we got a bunch of interviews scheduled. So, you know, here, mark your calendars. This is the game plan that we've got book so far. So on Tuesday, October 4th at 7 p.m., I'll be joined here in the podcast studio by Hiram Soto. And Hiram is... A candidate for Poway City Council in District 1. So really looking forward to having Hiram out here. And, you know, he, he was actually recommended to be a can, you know, he was the candidate that Pete Neal was so high on. And so, uh, you know, Pete's a frequent guest and contributor on the podcast. So we're having Hiram in the studio. He's going to talk about his campaign. Um, then on Monday, the 10th of October, also at 7 p.m. And you know, I'm trying to do these in the evening to give everyone an opportunity to participate so you can watch, you know, when you're home and, you know, granted, the Padre game is going on. I know a lot of people are watching that, but, uh, you, th- we're doing them at seven so you can participate. So Monday. October 10th at 7 p.m., I'll be joined by Kevin Juza. And Kevin is a candidate for Poway City Council in District 3, which, by the way, that's where I live. I live in District 3. So he's uh, one of the, one of the three candidates that are aiming to be my representative on the Poway City Council. So he'll be here Monday the 10th at 7. And then, then Tuesday the 11th, You know, normally I like to do my regular live streams on Tuesdays at seven. And this Tuesday, or not this Tuesday, but Tuesday the 11th is the Green Valley Civic Association puts on a Poway candidate forum every year. So that's going to be on Tuesday the 11th at 6 p.m. So. I haven't decided what I'm going to do. I, I probably should try to go to the event and live stream it. And I've done that on previous election cycles. so I'll try to do that again. And then I get like a two hour video, but then I can split it into sections so we can look at district one and district three and the mayor and the various city or the various um school board races as well. So I'm hoping to do that, go there and live stream. If for some reason I don't, I'll I'll definitely have an episode of my own that night at seven. But that event is at six. So if I'm on my A game and I'm live streaming remotely, we'll be doing that Tuesday, the 11th at six. And that's, by the way, if you want to attend in, in person, that's going to be down at the Mickey Cafania Community Center, which is down by Poway Community Park. And that event will be Tuesday, the 11th at six. Then on Wednesday, October twelfth at seven PM, I'll be joined here in the podcast studio by Poway mayoral candidate Yuri Bolan. So Yuri, remember he ran in twenty eighteen. He came into the podcast studio, uh, so he's coming back. So we're going to have Yuri um, in the studio, and then finally on Friday, October fourteenth at seven, we'll have Delta Esparza, another Poway mayoral candidate. She'll be joining us on Friday, the fourteenth at seven. So that's four candidates. It's lined up. Hiram Soto, October 4th at 7. Kevin Juza, October 10th at 7. Um, Yuri Bolin, October 12th at 7. And Delta Esparza, uh, Friday the 14th at 7. So, you know. Every candidate that's running here in the local election, whether you're running for mayor, city council, school board, every candidate is invited to join me here. If you're interested, send me an email to john at johnreillyproject.com or just go to my website, JohnRileyproject.com, Go to the contact page, fill out the form, send me a note, let me know, and we'll get you on. I mean, that's kind of my thing. I, I enjoy discussing local issues. I enjoy the, the community forum aspect of this to give voters a chance to meet the candidates. And we have long form interviews. We'll go an hour, an hour and a half. I've had interviews with both John Carson and Christopher Olps that went over three hours. So I don't know if we're going to go over three hours with these candidates, but usually they're about an hour to an hour and a half. And so it's a great opportunity for locals to to learn about our local candidates. And already on the live stream, got a comment here from from Todd Fox, one of my, my fraternity brothers, one of my collegiate friends from UCSD. So Todd Fox joining us on the live stream saying hello. You can participate, by the way, on the live stream. Just type your thoughts and comments on Facebook or on YouTube, and I'll show them on the screen, just like I did there. So I've got... busy schedule. And then if if you don't already know this, I think I've shared this before, but I'm now co-hosting a podcast every Thursday at three o'clock with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And we do that right here in the John Riley Project podcast studio. Um, And we talk sports. So I've got Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcasts. I've got my regular Tuesday thing, and then on Thursdays I do it with Hacksaw. Now that's at three o'clock on Thursdays. So if you love sports, you got to check that out. Now you'll that podcast, by the way, is not on the John Riley Project channel. It's actually on Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's. He's got his own podcast channel, his own YouTube page, his own Facebook, etc. So I'm going to be busy, <laughs> but I love this and I really enjoy it. So um, now besides those can- candidates, I mean, there's been a few other things that have happened to me that I want to share. And one of them is, is that I, I was invited by Kevin Juza to join him for a cup of coffee. And wow, it was a really nice time. And we met over at the Starbucks, you know, right there, kind of in between Target and that new Amazon Fresh that's going in. And Kevin reached out to me and says, hey, I, you've been talking about me on your podcast. And I have, but I haven't really I didn't spend a lot of time talking about Kevin because, you know, in the previous podcast episodes, we just did some kind of general overview. He says, hey, you're talking about me on the podcast. How come – why don't we get together and meet and get to know each other and – wow, it was, great. it was a great um, opportunity to have a face-to-face. And we chatted out there in front of Starbucks for, gosh, like about an hour and a half, almost two hours, just talking about issues in Poway and Kevin sharing with me a lot of his ideas. And, you know, Kevin's an impressive guy. And I think you'll have an opportunity to meet him on the podcast Monday the 10th at seven. But um, we had a great conversation and we talked a lot about the Poway Road development, which is, by the way, one of the, obviously one of the biggest topics um, In this election cycle for people running for city council or mayor. So, we talked a lot about the development on Poway Road and how he wants to have smarter development. He wants to negotiate better deals with the developers so we get things in return like trees and parks. He's got a lot of interesting ideas for that. Um, He's, we talked about the in lieu fees, you know, which the developers can spend money so they can um, avoid having to build um, affordable housing units. And that's kind of an interesting political football about how big the in-lieu fees are. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about setbacks, like the distance that the buildings can be from the sidewalk. So it was really interesting. And then Kevin and I talked a little bit about the climate change, uh, because Poway doesn't have a climate change plan. We talked a little bit about that. EV charging stations, which I love talking about EVs, because our family has two EVs that we power from the solar panels on our roof. And it turns out that Kevin uh, is also... He and his family, they have two electric vehicles. And so we share some some of our thoughts on that. And he's got some ideas for EV charging stations in Poway and solar for city operations. We talk about parks and trees and connecting all the trails. We talked about the lack of maintenance on things like the Poway Performing Arts Center and even on things in the in the Poway Unified School District. Talked about fiscal transparency, transparency. it's town halls, maybe even the potential of a of a of a new bond for the Poway water infrastructure. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff, and it was really cool. So he'll. He'll get into it when he when he joins us. And, and that'll be on Monday, the 10th at seven. And Kevin Juza will share his thoughts and comments. And it was interesting when we sat down, as you can expect, there were certain things that Kevin and I agreed on. And there were some things that we disagreed on. But we had a really nice civil conversation. I learned more about him and his family and why he's running and the ideas he had. So it was really good. It was a really, really good conversation. So he'll be here on the, I got to get my dates right, on the 10th, Monday the 10th at 7 p.m., Kevin Chusum. Uh, now, the other candidate that I did hear from, because, you know, I invite candidates on this, and for some candidates, I'll reach out, and some candidates, I don't reach out. I just do what I can, uh, but I try to make everyone is is welcome to join me here on the podcast. But I did hear back from um, one of Kevin's competitors, which is uh, Peter DeHoff. And Peter DeHoff is uh you know, the candidate that's kind of aligned with Mayor Steve Voss, he's aligned with most of the current city council. In fact, I think he's got endorsements from most of the city council, if I recall. Um, Kevin DeHoff declined to come on the podcast. He he said he didn't have enough time to do a long form interview on the podcast. I was, you know, to each his own. If he doesn't want to come on, that's fine. Uh, but it is interesting. I mean, I know when I ran as a candidate in 2014, having an opportunity to be on a podcast that's live streamed with a larger audience and we can get Q&A and then the, the video lives on YouTube and Facebook. I mean, I got huge amounts of usually whenever I do these election podcast interviews, I get a lot of downloads a lot of views a lot of hours watch so i don't know it seems like and it's free <laughs> for the candidates to do it to reach out to an audience but he doesn't want to do it so i was, that you know, was interesting but you know whatever you know to each his own um but you know, I just love the discussion. I love the community forum. i I love learning about what candidates are doing. Sometimes I like to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of the candidate, be a little bit of a devil's advocate um, and it's just it's just enjoyable for me. So anyways, that's our schedule. We got a bunch coming up here soon. We're right in the thick of it. I think the the ballots are going to be in the mail here pretty quick. so everyone's sort of hungry for election content. So that's kind of our our game plan. but again. Every candidate is welcome. If you're running for school board, if you're running for city council, you're running for mayor, if you are running for Senate or county supervisor, or you're running for dog catcher in Oceanside, you're welcome to join me on the podcast. And if you're interested, send me an email to john at johnreillyproject.com or just go on my website, johnreillyproject.com, fill out the contact form, let me know and we'll schedule you. And uh, we'll either do it here in person in our studio here in Poway, or if we need to, we'll do it remotely like we normally have done for other candidates. So that's kind of our plan. Okay, now, what else? Um, I, I want to get into this cannabis dispensary in Rancho Bernardo. This is a big topic of discussion. People are kind of freaking out about it in Rancho Bernardo. I'm going to break that down and then I'm going to share some of my thoughts and comments about our recent vacation in Eastern Canada, which was really cool. Um, So looking forward to sharing some of that with you. Okay. Rancho Bernardo which is, you know, right down the street here from us. Um, And uh, the, they're, they're talking about putting in a a cannabis dispensary. There's a company called urban leaf, you know, and and there's a, you see all these cannabis companies advertising billboards all over San Diego. And, and, This company, Urban Leaf, wants to move into the location where you remember the old El Torito in Rancho Bernardo. It's it's kind of you know right off of Bernardo Center Road or Drive, and it's near the 15 freeway, and it's that really long, narrow parking lot that goes way in the back. And there's an El Torito back there that has been empty for forever. I mean, it's been empty how long? At least ten years. It's been empty, Um, and now, someone wants to move in and they want to put in this place to sell legal marijuana, right? And and boy, the people in Rancho Bernardo are really worried about this. So, apparently they were had, they had a hearing before the City of San Diego to have this approved. And then for some reason, it got postponed till November 2nd. But meanwhile, the Rancho Bernardo Community Planning Board is already getting organized that they're going to appeal the decision if it gets approved by the city of San Diego. They've already taken a preliminary vote. The Planning Commission for Rancho Bernardo has already voted seven to four to appeal the decision. So they're getting all their ducks in a row to fight this. So apparently now this hearing is going to happen on November 2nd. And one of the members of the Powell, or excuse me, of the Rancho Bernardo Planning Commission that, that filed the appeal was a guy named Patrick Batten. And I was reading, I was like, Patrick Batten, that name sounds familiar. Where have I heard that. And I go, oh yeah, he's one of the candidates that's running for Poway Unified School Board. He's the one that's in Area C that's taking, you know, that's that there, I guess there's three candidates that are running in Area C to take over the, the seat that is currently occupied by T.J. Zane. And so that's Patrick Batten. So he's already on the RB Planning Commission. He's one of the the front people trying to fight this marijuana dispensary. Um, and he's also, just as an aside, he's the candidate running it for Poway Unified School Board. He's the military veteran. I think he was, been, it was in the Marines. Um, and he's got... Strong support from the Republican Party. At most every major Republican political uh, politician, you know, from Kevin Faulkner to Daryl Issa to T.J. Zane to so many others, he's already got their endorsements. So he's kind of like the Republican. Endorse candidate for that particular position. And he wants to make Poway Unify brilliant at the basics. So he's all about pretty much the three R's, right? Reading, writing, arithmetic. So he's, he's really active. I didn't know that he was on the RB Planning Commission. So he's fighting the charge against this. And so the controversy, really, what they're bringing up is that they're saying it's too close to a church. And, it, you know, there's a rule that says that you can't be within a thousand feet. Um, a, a marijuana dispensary cannot be within a thousand feet of a school or a church. And so um, the question is, is how do you measure a thousand feet? You know, is it as the crow flies or is it based on the path that you have to walk? And this is actually coming into play on this. It's really interesting. So um, apparently, what they did is they tried to they tried to measure it on Google Maps, and you know, it was pretty close. You know, that it was if it was within a thousand feet as the crow flies. So what they did is they built a wall or they built a fence to sort of redirect the walking path in between where the church is and where the homeowners live um, to get to this dispensary so that it ends up being over a thousand feet. So, you know, they're, they're kind of playing the game to be compliant with this. But of course that a lot of people are saying foul, you know, you're, you're blocking a normal access way that had been used by a lot of the people in our neighborhoods and they're, you're manipulating the system. And that's part of this, but it seems like the objection is ultimately that they don't want it in in Rancho Bernardo. I mean, it's kind of like in Poway. They don't want marijuana dispensaries in Poway. Mayor Steve Voss has said that publicly and so have other members of our city council. My hunch is, is that the people in RB, whether they're homeowners or on the planning commission, they don't want it either. Um, But they're using the rules to find a way to block it. Now, you know, of course, the city of San Diego has to approve it first. And the objection is coming from the Hope United Methodist Church, which is, if you know where that is, it's kind of like on Bernardo Center Drive, there's like the McDonald's and there's that clock tower, um, clock tower plaza. In fact, my dentist is in that clock tower plaza. I've been there more times than I can count. Um, And it's across the street from that. So it's, it's sort of like it's not in that really long shopping center with the really long parking lot. It's like another door down. So it's further north than even the Rancho Viejo taco shop. So it's up there. And apparently that's where the church is located. And uh, they're getting objections from the church. They're getting objections from homeowners that live nearby. And Robin Kaufman, if you don't know who Robin Kaufman is, she is... Gosh, she is chairs just about every committee in Rancho Bernardo. She's a definitely a community dynamo, a community activist, community leader in Rancho Bernardo. For years, she's been involved with these commissions, and she said the community strongly objects to overall appropriateness of the proposed project at this location. Um, noting that there are minor-oriented businesses within a 1,000 feet. And these include the Kumon Learning Center and the Dress to, Dress to Dance Store. And she also mentioned that families frequent these restaurants in the shopping center. And there's a marijuana dispensary where all these families go and have dinner. And now, Marnie Von Wilpert, who is the city council member, you know, the San Diego City Council member, she's now chiming in. And she said through one of her spokespeople that she, that she understands that even after staff responses, the community is still uncomfortable with the proximity to sensitive uses and how the measurements were applied. OK, and that's actually a fair point. There is some manipulation about how they're doing the measurements, because remember, they built a, a wall or a fence to redirect a pathway so it was over a thousand feet away from the church. And. Marnie Von Wilpert went on to say, because of these concerns, actually, the spokesperson for Marnie Von Wilpert said, because of these concerns, Councilmember Von Wilpert would like to request that the measurements be rechecked to confirm their accuracy and should ensure that all aspects are in compliance. Her preference would be that the applicant hire a third party engineer to verify the measurements and submit those to the Development Services Department for review. Okay, now. What do you think? Do you think that they should allow a cannabis dispensary to sell legal marijuana in Rancho Bernardo, zip code 92128? What do you think? Let me know on the live stream. You can type them in 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 Facebook or on YouTube. Let me tell you one man's opinion. I'll channel a little bit of hacksaw here. One man's opinion on this. This is what I think. Okay, number one is we this is nuts. The whole thing is bananas. Okay. There still is this reefer madness mentality that some people still have about marijuana, you know, that it's like this devil drug, that it's something that needs to be feared, that it's some kind of terrible voodoo. And come on, people, this is The year 2022, we're in the 21st century. We're not in 1930, whatever, when the movie, you know, uh, reefer madness came out. So it's a medicine. Cannabis is a medicine. So it's marijuana is used by people to treat PTSD for, you know, from veterans that are coming back from these wars that are dealing with all kinds of heavy mental issues, um, Marijuana helps relieve the conditions related to PTSD. It helps people with epileptic seizures. Marijuana helps relieve anxiety. It helps with attention deficit disorder. It reduces inflammation. It helps treat depression. Marijuana treats glaucoma. Marijuana relieves chronic pain and uh, the chronic pain associated with chemotherapy, as well as the nausea and vomiting related to chemotherapy. It also slows the development of Alzheimer's. It's a medicine, people. We need to understand what this is and quit having this 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 fear of marijuana. We know so much more about it. It's natural. It's a plant, for Christ's sake. So- um, You know, it's it's remarkable that there still continues to be so much resistance to this, even though society has really turned the page. Um, So now the other crazy part about this whole story is, is that. Of course, in that area on Bernardo Center Drive, there are a lot of other churches that are nearby. There's the church at Rancho Bernardo. There is a church called His Dwelling Place. There's another church called The Cove at CRB. These are all Christian churches. And they're all right there. And they are really close to restaurants that sell alcohol. And they're really close to retailers that sell booze, that sell alcohol. That were retailers where you can buy a fifth of vodka or gin or uh, you could buy a case of beer and they're right there. And alcohol is so much more harmful to people than cannabis. I mean, it's not even close. Um, So and then besides that used to be an El Torito That had a huge bar that people went there for happy hour (laughs) and now they want to put in a cannabis dispensary that's selling medicine and people are freaking out about it. And it's like, come on, we need to evolve here now. And on top of this, you know, in America, this is this is the United States of America where there's supposed to be a separation of church and state. But now the churches have rules set aside for them that give them special privileges that are not afforded to other private businesses. So it's not only that we have an integration of church and state, but the church gets priority. Come on. I mean, this is just crazy. Just crazy. So... Um, here's some comments from Amanda Scheifen Matamala. And she says, I live in Temecula, and there are many places around here that sell marijuana, and you wouldn't even know it. These dispensaries have not caused extra crime, vehicle accidents, etc. There's not any weirdos <laughs> walking around. So I really think people don't understand what marijuana is or just really have fed into some wrong information. I think the ones that are fighting this in Rancho Bernardo need to stop and take a step back and further their research. It's ridiculous. The claims they're making here, here, Bravo, Amanda. I totally agree. I mean, this is crazy. Um, and Amanda goes on to say, I remember a while back, some were making a big deal about Hooters being put in. Oh, <laughs> well, I remember that. Uh, I went to the Hooters once. The Hooters is ridiculous. Um, but it's like a train wreck. You, you just can't help but look. Um, but I remember going there once and uh, – because there aren't – if you want to go out – and this was back, I think, before the urge was built in RB. And you want to go out and have a drink with a friend and there aren't very many places in Rancho Bernardo to do that. And I remember sort of maybe against my better judgment recommending to a friend, hey, let's go to Hooters. Um, And it was deader than a doornail in there. I mean, it just wasn't very exciting, that's for sure. But it's and it didn't last long. Um, But I mean, ridiculous to try to ban it. I mean, it just ended up losing out of its own accord where customers just didn't go. But this is crazy. This whole business about banning a dispensary that sells medicine, medicine, medicine. Like Alan Iverson, we're talking about medicine here. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about medicine. We're not talking about hard drugs. We're talking about medicine. And you know what? Right now, there are a lot of people that are dealing with chronic pain out there for any variety of reasons. You know, maybe they're dealing with long COVID. Maybe they are suffering from PTSD. Maybe they had a sports related injury or an injury at work. And when people have chronic pain, what have they done historically? They were getting over prescribed with opioids, right? And we had the whole opioid crisis. Now imagine if instead they had easy access to marijuana, they wouldn't need to go get opioids. I mean, they might need the opioids originally, like right after they had their surgery. But, you know, after a few weeks, they could use marijuana to ease their pain and do so safely. But people want to block it. And so what did they end up doing? They shut down and made it really hard to get now opioids, which I kind of understand. I mean, those are fiercely addictive. I remember, gosh, it was about 20 years ago. I think I told this story. 20 years ago, I fell off the roof of my house putting up Christmas tree lights uh, when I lived out on Garden Road way in the southeast corner of Poway. And I... I'm seriously, I'm lucky to be alive. I fell and landed on the concrete driveway and I was in the hospital for like a week and I was out of work for three months and it was bad. And I was on Vicodin. And as I was starting to kind of feel a little better, I could feel the urge to want the Vicodin because it's so addictive. Um, But thankfully I was able to ease myself off. But a lot of people struggle with that. But imagine if they had access to marijuana, They wouldn't be having as much of a crisis with opioids. And now, by the way, now they've really clamped down on opioids, making it really hard to get that. So what ends up happening? Now people are overdosing on fentanyl (laughs) because because they don't have as easy of access to other pain relief medications. Um, I mean, gosh, there's another podcaster. Maybe you know about uh, Dave and Jeff, uh, Dave Palais and Jeff Dotseth. They do a great sports podcast. And Dave Palais's son died of a fentanyl overdose. And it was accidental. You people get these drugs on the street, you don't know where it's coming from. It gets cut and laced with fentanyl, and the next thing you know, it doesn't take barely any at all to take you know game over to kill you. And that's happening, and it's tragic. And it's because people don't have access to safe pain relievers like cannabis. And now Rancho Bernardo wants to block this cannabis dispensary called Urban Leaf from going in. And I mean, you know, in the 70s, I remember it was marijuana was voodoo, but we we know so much more about it. And you know what? We would know even more about the benefits, the health benefits of cannabis if the federal government would take it off of the Schedule I narcotics list which is insane. I mean, doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat, they always keep it on the schedule one narcotics list rather than taking it off that list and opening it up for more research to the health benefits of this plant, this natural medicine. Okay. I think I, enough of my soapbox. Now this, by the way, is not really a hot topic on the Poway election cycle. You know, when you're talking to people, talking to other candidates, they're worried about Poway road development. They're worried about um, parks and crime and fire prevention a lot of other things. You don't hear much talk about this because I think Poway, as long as we have our current city council, which is, you know, five people, all of generally pretty similar minds, I don't think there's ever going to be A change in that policy, in my opinion, marijuana dispensaries should be allowed. I mean, we have liquor stores in Poway, we have liquor stores in Rancho Bernardo, but they won't allow a dispensary that sells medicine. I mean, come on. Um, So, anyways, uh, it was it was it was one of the bigger stories on the cover. Of Pom- on Pomeradonews.com. So I'll include a link to the story. Um, but this is something I've talked about before on my podcast that I just feel really strongly about. And by the way, I don't use marijuana. <laughs> you know, I have an occasional martini um, and uh, that's about it. Uh, I'm not a marijuana user at all, but it just seems silly that it's just not legal. I mean, we learned that with alcohol prohibition. I mean, when alcohol was prohibited in the 1920s, crime went up, deaths went up, you know, gang distribution of the product. And then once it was legalized, then suddenly there was a lot less chaos, a lot less death, um, less criminal element associated with it. It's just crazy. And by the way, marijuana dispensaries, they're not even allowed to use a bank I mean, come on. It's just, okay, enough of that. All right. So um, we talked a little bit about the Poway election cycle. I told you, I got a bunch of interviews set up, and I'm really excited about this. So it's going to be October 4th at 7 p.m. Hiram Soto is going to be here on the podcast. And then Monday the 10th will be Kevin Juza. Um, Wednesday the 12th will be Yuri Bolin. And Friday the 14th, Delta Esparza. And if I am on my A game, I'll be at the Green Valley Civic Association Candidate Forum at the Mickey Cavagna Center on Tuesday, the 11th. So all the podcast interviews are at seven, except the candidate forum, which is at six. So I'm excited about that. I am. And, I've, and I have done the live streams of those forums and they've been a lot of fun. So uh, I'm going to get into my Canada trip because I got some fun stories to share, but um, if if you like to learn more about the podcast, if you want to connect with me on social media, go to my, uh, I have another website, go to connectwithjohnny.com. Connectwithjohnny.com. There you can sign up on our mailing list. You can find out my Twitter handle or my Facebook page and we can connect and we can continue the conversation online. I am really big on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is by far my favorite social media platform. Well, that and YouTube are the two that I use the most. So um, if you want to connect with me on social media, go to connectwithjohnny.com. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Canada. Maybe you have been thinking about going to Canada. And we had a really good experience that ended up turning into a difficult experience. Uh, but we got back like, a, like we, we, we here's the deal. So my wife, you know, she works in a union. And because of that, she has to file for her vacation time like a year in advance. And so she had two weeks off in September. And we weren't sure what we were going to do. And, you know, granted, I'm Kind of a solopreneur, a consultant. I have my own marketing agency, and my my work life is extremely flexible. Where my wife, you know, she's got a, a union job; it's very steady, solid hours, and so hers is very structured. Mine's not. So uh, she had uh, two weeks off in September, and we weren't sure where we were going to go. Now, last year, December of last year, and a little bit of January of this year, we took the two kids. Um, who were young adults in their 20s. And the wife and I, we went to the UK and we had an incredible trip there. Um, flew into London and drove a car up to you know Cotswold and to Stonehenge and worked our way up to Manchester and saw a Premier League match, Man City against Leicester City and drove to Liverpool and to York and then we worked our way up to Edinburgh. I mean, that was incredible. So this next one, we wanted to make it an easier vacation, something simpler. And And we were thinking, hey, like, how about a cruise? You know, because cruises are easy. You know, you just get on a ship, and man, they, you just have some comfortable food and drink, and a little bit of fun on the way, and then you wake up in the morning, you're at a port, and you go out and explore. And we thought, okay, let's do that. And so we were looking at cruises, and cruises generally are relatively inexpensive too. So we um, found a cruise in a region cruise lines, and it this is one of the few that fit our schedule just right. And it was going from Quebec city to Boston. And we're like, Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of an, uh, yeah, Cause we were originally thinking, you know, having one of the short cruises that goes down the Mexican coast, you know, we weren't sure what to do. So, yeah. So we, we got on this cruise ship that went from Quebec city to, to, um, Boston. And I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, and so we were thinking, OK, well, we could fly into Quebec City. But I thought, wait a minute. I remember someone telling me that, and in fact, it was, there were a couple of people. It, one of them was Gabby Dow, you know, Gabby and Steve Dow, uh, who were both have been guests on the podcast. They were posting on Facebook and they had the family in Montreal and they had some really wonderful photos there and they had a great time. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, Montreal is near Quebec City. And then another guy that I follow on Twitter, his name is Colin Parent, and he's a council member in the city of La Mesa. And he was recently in Montreal and said great things about it. And I thought, OK, well, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. We can fly into Toronto and then go to Montreal and then to Quebec City and then get on the cruise ship and go to Boston and then come home. And I thought, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And so that's what we did. Um, and I was excited about this as I'd always want to go to Eastern Canada. We, we've been to to Vancouver and British Columbia. Uh, My daughter did a triathlon in, um, Whistler. Is it Whistler? I think that's what it was called. Um, and we spent some time in Vancouver and that's beautiful. We really enjoy British Columbia, but I'd never been to Eastern Canada and experience the French culture of Canada. And so we decided to do that. And I said, "Okay, well, then what we can do, we can do it like we did in the UK. We can fly into Toronto and then we can rent a car and then drive to Montreal and drive to Quebec City and then leave the car there and then get on the cruise ship. Well, it turned out that it was going to cost, hold your breath, $2,000 to rent a car to go from Montreal to Quebec city and like $2,000. Oh my God. And so apparently we broke it out. It was like a normally a $600 rental, which sounded about right to me, but there was an additional $1,400 in fees and taxes, mostly the one way fee, you know, cause we weren't going to go round trip and bring the car back to Toronto. So we said, okay, that's out. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to drive. So we figured out a way to do it by using a train, you know, we flew into Toronto and spent the day in Toronto. And then we took a train to Montreal and then eventually a train to Quebec City. And it worked out great. I mean, it really did. And it was really cool. So um, we ended up uh, um, you know, getting hotels that were right near the train stations in the downtowns of the city. And Toronto, if you've never been there, is an incredible city. It's huge, it is like the fourth largest city. In all of North America I had no idea It was this large Um, And about 50% Of the people That live in Toronto Are foreign born So it's an incredible International city With people From all over the world It's like a true Melting pot The city of Toronto And everyone's friendly Everyone gets along Really well I didn't get any sense That there was Any serious crime And it was a really Cool environment It was It was really neat It's a very international city And um Walking around, I had always heard the story that Toronto reminded other people of New York, but it was cleaner. It was a clean version of New York. And I thought that was an interesting way to describe it. But walking around downtown Toronto, there were elements of it that reminded me of New York City, other elements of it that reminded me of the city of San Francisco. So I was really digging it. And we went to the CN Tower. If you've ever seen that, that's like the Space Needle. And- we went up to the top of that, and oh my God, at one, when it was built, I think it was the tallest structure in the, on the earth. Uh, it, it's obviously many buildings have surpassed it, but we went up to the very top of the CN Tower, and you could see over Lake Ontario, but you could also see to the north how big this metropolitan area is and how many. Downtown sections with high rises, there are throughout this Toronto area, and it was incredible. It was huge. I mean, it's a really big city, and that was really neat to be at the top of that CN Tower. Uh, I think it's standard for Canada News, I think. Um, so we we're up there, and <laughs> you go up the elevator. And if you look on the floor, there's just like some plexiglass. So you could see like through the floor all the way down to the ground when you're in the elevator going up to the CN Tower. But it was neat. It was really neat. And right off the coast of Toronto in the, um, Lake Ontario, there are some islands out there. And they've built a park that's kind of like their version of Balboa Park or Golden Gate Park. It's right out there on these islands. We didn't get a chance to go visit, but we could see it from the top of the CN Tower. And it was neat. And then so after that, we, you know, the CN Tower is right next to Rogers Center, which is the stadium where the Toronto Blue Jays play. And so that was cool. They got a lot of baseball stuff there, which we both liked. And then uh, and then we went for a walk to what's called High Park. And it was a long walk. It was like almost a five-mile walk. But we went um, – walked past Queen Street and got into – High Park is like another sort of Golden Gate Park kind of thing for the city of Toronto. And it was really neat. Um, And the great thing is, is that when we're on vacation, we walk a lot and a lot more than we normally do. And so it's great exercise. You get to see what's going on in the city. And and there were a lot of other places we could have visited in Toronto, but we were only there for like a day and a half. And then we kind of hopped on a train and then we went to Montreal. And Montreal was the city that I was most looking forward to because of the French culture, because... It's such a beautiful city, the the photography I had seen of it. And then besides, as a baseball fan, I remember as a kid um, listening to San Francisco Giants games on the radio when they would play the Montreal Expos, and back then prior to the Olympics in 76, the Expos used to play at a place called Jerry Park, which is like a community park in Montreal. And I remember when the, the radio announcers always described that just beyond right field, there was like a community pool where people in the town would just go swim at the city run pool. And so I had always had this these memories in my mind or these visions in my mind of what Montreal was going to be like. So we went there and Montreal was awesome. I mean, we we went into old Montreal, which has all the history. We went into the um, Notre Dame Basilica, and oh, my God, was that beautiful. And I love visiting churches when I'm on trips um, because – The architecture is insane in a lot of these churches, and there's so much history in these churches, and they're just so beautiful. And this Notre Dame Basilica in Montreal had this blue-colored roof or blue-colored ceiling inside that was awesome, and it's that same kind of blue that you associate with France um, that made it just so gorgeous. I mean, it was an incredible church. Uh, we went to the botanical gardens in Montreal and walked around and um, that was really neat. You know, they've got like a, all these trees and plants from all these different places around the world, including like sections that are just Japanese, sections that are just Chinese, um, really kind of got a sense of, you know, it was like a very well-managed yeah, botanical garden, and it was gorgeous, and it was right across from Olympic Stadium, which is you know where the where the expos used to play. Um, and then we went to um, to Mount Royal Park, which is Mount Royal, Montreal, Mount Royal, and that's the big park that's up on the top of the hill. And went to Saint Joseph's Oratory, which is this other you know huge church, but there's this big like uh, how would I describe it like a big stone deck that looks out over um, Mount Royal Park and over downtown Montreal. And that was incredible. Um, And while we were there, um, I was getting text messages from Hacksaw. And, you know, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton used to be, a um a big time hockey a play-by-play guy. And so he's like, oh, you're in Montreal, you gotta go to the Montreal Forum, and then you gotta go to the Bell Center. <laughs> and so um what we did is, you know, we were only there for like a day and a half. And so we were working our way back to the hotel after we were at St. Joseph's Oratory and we got an Uber and we told the Uber guy, I said, Hey listen, if if you can take us. I and mean, our ultimate destination is our hotel, but we want to stop at like two or three places along the way and do a quick selfie. Will you do that for us? And he said, sure. And uh, it was great. So, and, you know, it's just, I love Uber. And so again, a really friendly Uber driver that, and he got out of the car and took our picture for us. And so you know, I mean, you just feel good. You give the guy a really big tip and he's happy. We're happy. Everybody's happy. Um, so I had some good selfies to share with Hacksaw. That at least we got to some of those hockey uh, facilities. And the food in Montreal was awesome. Um, when we got off the train, you know, coming from Toronto to Montreal, we were really, really hungry and we didn't know what to eat. And we looked on our Google Maps and there was a pizza place nearby. And we decided, hey, let's try it out. And this was the best pizza I think I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was like a gourmet pizza, but oh, man, it was really, really good. Um, And then um, we had dinner one night and I had a steak, which I rarely have steak, but I had a steak and it was insane tasty. And then we also went to this place. It was really neat. um, And it's called the Time Out Market. And it's like a food court in a shopping mall. But... All the options are really kind of gourmet food options. It's not like you're going a hot dog on a stick or a Sbarro pizza, but it's like really nice um, food from international servings. Uh, from, I, I think I had Vietnamese food while I was there and it was excellent. Um, and, and it's prepared by really good chefs, but it's a, um, it's a food court in a mall and it was called Time Out Market. And that was really, really cool, too. So Montreal was awesome and it was so beautiful. And and it confirmed a lot of the stories that Gabby Dow had told me and that Colin Parent told me, you know, the city councilman from La Mesa. And so, um, now granted they spent a lot more time in Montreal. We were only there like a day and a half, but it was great. And and then we hopped on the train again. And then this time we went to Quebec city. Um, you know, so we're kind of going North and East, like along the St. Lawrence river and, uh, it was a great train ride, by the way. It was about a four-hour ride in between each city, if I recall. Um, so and it has Wi-Fi on the train, and it's all good. And you just kind of hang out, and and uh, it made for a nice trip. So, anyways, we get to Quebec City, and uh, again, a hotel right near the train station worked out great. And we were right near sort of old Quebec. And if it's sort of if you've ever been to Quebec City, it's it's right there where the St. Lawrence River really starts to open up, you know, because if you're south and west of Quebec City, um, the river is a lot narrower. But north and east of Quebec City, it's like a big inlet. And so that's why they have a cruise ship terminal there in Quebec City, because they, you know, they can get cruise ships there. Um, so old Quebec is this on top of a hill right there in downtown Quebec with this incredible view. So we were at a hotel at ground level, um, at sea level, but we walked up to the top of this hill to old Quebec. And it was crazy because there's all this historical um, sightseeing that's there because of, you know, the French – you know, the the French uh, – uh, frontiersmen, you know, and uh, and a lot of the immigrants that came from Europe, from France, that settled in Quebec, um, had built a lot of incredible, uh, incredible um, uh, landmarks there. And One of them was this called it was called the Chateau Frontenac, if I'm saying that right. And it's this beautiful hotel. I mean, just gorgeous on the very top of the hill, and around it is this wooden boardwalk, and they called it the. Um, Uh, the Terras duferin. And from there, you could look out over um, the St. Lawrence River. And it was amazing. And and there's all these other artifacts, like there's old cannons. And then there's these, we we got our photo taken in front of this garden area with this floral display that looked like big butterflies. I mean, just really beautiful art that was there as well. Um, Now, while we were there, They were also kind of blocking off parts of the street because they were planning this big bicycle race that was going to go through the town. So we saw a little bit of that as well while we were there. And then we went down to the bottom of the hill in Quebec, city um, to this area called the Quarter Petit Champlain. And it's a um, it's like a, this shopping district there that is gorgeous. I mean, you feel like you're in France. I mean, you feel like you're in some really exclusive, beautiful place with. that had a lot of really nice little restaurants and gift shops, and it was just... You know, it's a total tourist thing, but it was beautiful. It was just a wonderful spot. And you know, I remember we walked through there and then we got a little bit of ice cream and, and, and just really had a really nice day in Quebec. And, you know, when I said that to, Toronto is over 4 million people, it's a huge city. And then Montreal, if I recall, is about one and a half million people, but Quebec was only about 300,000. So it was a lot smaller, a lot more intimate. And it was really beautiful. Um, So we were there for like about a day and a half and then we hopped on the cruise ship and we were on Norwegian cruise lines and we uh, got on that and uh, headed out. So we were like – it was about five days on land, Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City and then we were on a cruise ship for a week and – The cruise ship is is good because, you know, when we were on land, it was a bit of an adventure. We kind of had like a little list of places we wanted to go visit and weren't sure how to get there, and it was kind of a little bit, you know, seat of the pants. Which is fine. I, I like that. I like that sort of an adventure. But when you're on a cruise ship, you know, all that is sort of taken out of your hands. So you, you have a nice place to stay. You can unpack for a week. you got nice restaurants to go to on the cruise ship. There's activities on the cruise ship. And, and we had a great time there, too. Um, and so we, we uh, you know, it's funny is you're on the cruise ship and this is our third cruise. And this time there were just a, a lot more old people. But then I was started looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, wait a minute, we're old people now. Um, so uh, but it was great. I mean, the staff for Norwegian Cruise Lines was incredible. I mean, every one of the people that worked there were friendly, very pleasant. They hustled. I mean, I had nothing but great things to say about their staff. And um, um, we went up the St. Lawrence River. Uh, Northeast, and then kind of went around the horn, around the top of New Brunswick. And then we went to um, Charlottetown in Prince Edward Island. And that was really cool, you know, because there is a lot of history there in these cities that were settled, uh, in some cases by the French, in some cases by the English. Um, And definitely a very New England vibe. Uh, So we were in... um, uh, in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. And then we went to Nova Scotia. And, you know, and by the way, like the week after we were on this is when that hurricane blew through and just wreaked havoc in those cities. But uh, it was great for us. And so uh, it was beautiful weather the whole time and no complaints about the weather at all. And so then we went to um, Sydney, Nova Scotia, which is really <laughs> it's, that was really a, a no big deal um, it 's the home of the largest fiddle, <laughs> and they have this huge violin that is there um, but it wasn't all that exciting. Uh, but then we went to Halifax and we really liked Halifax. Um, we went to a place called Peggy's Cove and that's my mom's name. So um, we got to see Peggy's Cove and there they, you know, they they have crab uh, or no lobster, excuse me, we had lobster there and there's like lighthouses and all these Adirondack chairs around there. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's definitely a tourist place, but we really enjoyed it and it was neat. Um, and that was like about a an hour drive. From Halifax to Peggy's Cove, but the, again, the whole way through, you know, our our uh, um our t- we had a, we got on a bus that from our cruise ship out to Peggy's Cove, and the whole time the the guy was telling us all the history and the landmarks as we were going, and I love that, and so that was really fun. We enjoyed that. Then we went to um went to Portland, Maine. Um, and Portland was cool. Uh, but what was really neat is we did a day trip to Kennebunkport, you know, where George Bush's family, H.W. Um, and we went to Kennebunkport. And that was a really neat town. I mean, it really was. Again, very touristy, but um, a really neat sort of summer New England town. And uh, really nice, like, little cubbyhole restaurants. And it was right there on the water. And um, then we got on a little boat and took us on a cruise through the harbor and it was neat. It was really fun. And, uh, um, you know, there's like candy shops and I mean, it's a very touristy, but it's, it's very quaint and it's very pretty. And so we really liked Kennebunkport a lot. Um, and then uh, you know, again, we got all the history on the drive to Kennebunkport and on the drive back, uh, which was awesome. And then, then we had our our second to last stop was at a place called Bar Harbor in Maine, and we never even got off the ship because by this time we weren't feeling very well. You know, especially me, I wasn't feeling good at all. I was like, "What's going on?" And you know, one night we had had we went to the teppanyaki restaurant on the boat on the ship. Which, you know, it's like a Benihana's. Um, the teppanyaki was awesome. I mean, the food was incredible, but the quantity of food was so much. That night, I just felt really bloated. And so the next day, I just was not comfortable. I felt really bad. And I kind of thought that I just had overeaten. So uh, for Bar Harbor, we decided not to do anything that day. We just stayed on the ship. Um, but then when we docked in Boston, now suddenly my wife wasn't feeling very well. And we're like, uh oh, maybe our fears about these cruise ships getting sick on them. Oh, my God. Well, we were able to kind of get ourselves sort of organized and safely tried to get to the airport, got on an airplane, came back to San Diego. And uh, uh, we got back and my wife tested positive for COVID and uh and so i assume i had it too and you know we're we're being safe but still um it was difficult and so the week after we got back you know um i tried to be as productive as i could but you know when you're ill like that you kind of have limitations on how much you can do now thankfully now we're totally out of the woods um we feel way better and um and all as well but it was tricky you know you, you know and especially with covid being you know, generally speaking, you know, the crisis of COVID is in the rearview mirror, but we got it. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that kind of, that kind of was like a little bit of a punch in the nose, but, uh, it still, you know, the trip was great. And while we were on the cruise ship, the, um, the wifi sucked, you know, I brought some of my podcast gear with the you know, the fantasy that I'd be able to do a remote podcast while we're on the road. But there was just no way that was going to happen with the Wi-Fi quality on the ship. And um, so I ended up doing, I skipped two weeks of podcasts here. And then the third week, which is last week, I didn't do a podcast episode. I wasn't feeling good, you know, because we had gotten COVID. Um, so now I'm fully healthy and, you know, I've been fully healthy since late last week. Um, and so feeling a lot better. And so all is good. But I'll tell you what, we, we had a great time. I mean, Norwegian Cruise Lines did a great job. Um, and I we've never had a disappointing cruise before. We, um, gosh, maybe about mm, like 16 years ago, we did a cruise. I think it was Princess Cruises. Yeah. Um, in Canada. I mean, I not Canada, in um, Alaska. And that was a lot of fun. The kids were small then, so they came with us, and that was cool. And then, um, and then about mm, six years or so ago, yeah, about six years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, we did a cruise in the Caribbean on Caribbean cruise lines, and that was nice too. Um, so we we like it. You know, I, when I was younger, I never thought in a million years I'd like to go on cruises. I figured oh, it's just for old people. But I'll tell you what, it's like you're in a Vegas hotel. That's not going vertical, it's just going horizontal, you know, and it's got all these activities and restaurants and bars and, and, uh, lots of fun things to do. And, and then you wake up every morning and you're somewhere new (laughs) and you get off the ship and you've got an adventure for the day. And then you get back on the ship and everything's taken care of for you. So it's, it's just kind of a nice change of pace. So, um, we just had a really good time and I'm happy to be home, happy to be back in the groove. So anyways, um, yeah, that's the deal. Just wanted to share some of my adventure. Um, Loved Montreal. I mean, really, Montreal and Quebec. Both of them are just beautiful. Toronto. We all three of those cities. I'm sure if we we could have spent two weeks in each city and really enjoyed ourselves, but it was you know we had five days to get through those three cities. You know, Toronto, Montreal, and Quebec. So we were there in each city about a day and a half, Um, and uh, we had a great time. But Quebec and Montreal are very special cities. Toronto is just like New York or San Francisco. It's just a big city and really international, um, really cosmopolitan. And something, you, as a, an American, I had no idea the size and scope of Toronto. I knew it was a big city, but I didn't know how big it was. And, oh, my God, it is a huge, huge city. Um, it's no wonder they have an NBA franchise and an MLB franchise and, Surprised the NFL isn't up there either. So great trip. But anyways, um, we've got a bunch of great podcasts in store for you. So mark your calendar. Tuesday the 4th at 7 p.m., I'll be joined by Hiram Soto, the candidate for Poway City Council in District 1. Then Monday the 10th at 7 p.m., I'll be joined here by Kevin Juza. Um, And he is the city council candidate for Poway District 3. And by the way, all these podcasts are live streams, just like this one. Although I'm noticing my video is a little bit flickery right now. I'm not sure why. I checked my upload and download speed before we started. and It was really good. So I don't know, there might be some local traffic, but generally the, the, this time of night, the live streams usually work really well. And so all of these podcasts will be live streams that you can participate in and you can ask questions of these candidates. Just type, excuse me, just type them into Facebook or into YouTube. So yeah, so the fourth at seven is Hiram Soto. The 10th at seven is Kevin Juza. Tuesday, October 11th at 6 PM is the candidate forum that I'm hoping to go there and live stream. And then Wednesday, the 12th at 7 p.m. is mayoral candidate Yuri Bolin. And then Friday, the 14th at 7 p.m. is mayoral candidate Delta Esparza. And I'll say it again. Every candidate is welcome to sit down here and join me. For a podcast conversation, we'll learn about your platform. We'll learn about your policies, the things that you want to do. We'll learn about the reasons why you're running. Let me learn about your backstory, about your family, a little bit about your career and the things that you do and what you enjoy doing in your free time. We'll give voters a chance to get to know you. Uh, Give voters a chance to learn more. Like You go to the candidate forum, it's a great event, but... Generally, those candidates only have about 30 to 60 seconds to answer a question. And if those candidates are fortunate, they might get interviewed or they might get a quote in the newspaper, but it's usually only a sentence or two. We're going to sit down on a long form interview. We're going to go an hour long, maybe an hour and a half, maybe longer. And we're going to learn more about the candidates. And as a voter, I think it's really powerful to get to know these candidates and learn what makes them tick, you know, learn about their character, learn about their background, learn about what motivates them, and what their hot topics are. And we're going to go through that with each of these candidates, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, this is a, I live in a local Poway, local town, and like discussing local issues, and, and these are issues that affect us every day of our lives because we live in and we we live in our city, and we. We all share similar values, right? We all like Poway. We all live here because we enjoy it. Or maybe you live in Rancho Bernardo and you live there for a reason. and because you like the community, you like the people, and these are great places to raise a family. Um, and so, you know, we want to find out who's on school board. We want to find out who's running for mayor. We want to find out who's on the city council because there are legit issues that are going on in our communities, issues that... Some people are really angry about, I mean, not just the marijuana dispensary, but people are really angry about the development on Poway Road. There are people that are angry that there's not enough parks. There are people that are still angry about the water fiasco in Poway when we had that rope water incident and, and the storm water you know, got into the drinking water and we had the boil water ordinance. There are still people that are upset about that. And oh, my God, there's still lots of people really still to this day. And I'm one of them that are upset about the billion dollar bond from Poway Unified School District, which, by the way, we haven't even started paying on that. We're not going to start on that, I think, until 2033. And then it's going to go for 20 years. It'll be paid off in 2052. And meanwhile, the school district still has a desperate need for more capital improvements. What are they going to do? Maybe we'll talk to some school board candidates. I don't have any school board candidates lined up, but I'm hoping to have some. I usually always do every election cycle. So I'll probably be reaching out to more of those candidates. Maybe Patrick Batten wants to come on the podcast and we can do a a double a double dose. We can talk about his, his effort to run for Poway Unified School Board. And we could talk about this uh, cannabis dispensary issue where he's leading the charge to fight against it in Rancho Bernardo, because I'm sure he'll have some interesting thoughts and opinions. So, um, you know, I like to think of this podcast, I mean, on one level, it's me on my soapbox telling you what I think and sharing my thoughts and opinions. And for me, that's fun. Uh, But on another level, this podcast is like a community forum. And I love having interviews. I love having some of us sit right over here. And uh, we can talk and you can learn. And it's good in our community, you know, have this sort of thing. And I think that's a it's a positive thing for all of us to learn more about interesting people in our town. We've had on this podcast, not just political candidates, we've had entrepreneurs and authors and athletes and coaches. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of really interesting people that have come through on this podcast. I had a, real, a lot of really heavy conversations, some fun conversations, talking sports and politics and culture and all kinds of things. So, um, so anyways, uh, the next podcast for me will be, um, for sure a week from today, that will be October 4th with Hiram Soto. And then the following week, oh my God, I'm jam packed. I got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, plus the candidate forum. And then, oh, by the way, every Thursday I'm on with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton at 3 PM, where we talk sports with you. Get those lines lit. Show me your lightning bolt. (laughs) Love having Hacksaw. Hacksaw is great. Um, So anyways, I'm blabbering now. So I'm going to let you all go. i want to get back and check on the Padres. Last I checked, they were up to nothing. Hopefully they're still winning against the Dodgers. But thanks for joining me. This is episode number 287 of the John Riley Project. We're getting close to 300. And uh, we'll be back at you soon. Take care, friends, and have a great day. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog or get more information Please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.